G'day Noob Spirit community, thanks for tuning in today. Just before we get started, we've got a couple of shout-outs. Turbo? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we just want to say a quick thank you and g'day to Sean Hartley in Cairns. Uh, he wants to wants us to interview himself or somebody up there in Cairns about the benefits of underwater hockey and underwater rugby. So we'll, um, we'll have a chat with you guys shortly, hopefully. Who else we got? We've got uh, Julian Chapman in Oman. Shrek, you've been talking to him. He's looking to move down under, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He come over. He's coming over for a reconnaissance trip, so he reached out to me just to find out a bit about spearfishing in northern New South Wales and Queensland. So, g'day, Julian. And g'day to Pete Morris. Pete wants us to interview Rachel Verko's. Uh, Rachel's uh, the renowned Spiro Brett Verko's daughter, and she's uh, she holds a few women's records and is getting right into her underwater photography. So, um, Pete, we'll try and make that happen, no guarantees, but we'll give it a crack. And uh, we're also about to start sending out our top-notch email newsletter. Top-notch. So, so, <laughs> Five-star. So We haven't sent one out yet, but um, sign up. It's on the website on the main page. And um, we're going to send out a, a survey to all our listeners. We'd really love to hear some feedback from you guys. I mean, some of the listeners have written in already, but we just want to um, sort of gather some data and, and make some uh, maybe make some changes to the show to improve it for you guys. So, um I've yeah. done the survey. I loved it. Like, I can't recommend it highly enough. I love short a good and sweet. survey. Short and sweet. All good. So today we've got Jacob Crossingham joining us shortly. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. Adreno is one of the world's biggest and best spearfishing stores. You can visit Adreno online at spearfishing.com.au or in store at their Brisbane or Sydney locations. Today, joining us from Fiji, Jager Crossingham. Jager is a spearfishing guide and charter operator with Freedive Fiji. He's been guiding successful spearfishing trips over there for a few years now. You can follow Freedive Fiji on Facebook and see some of the fantastic fish they've caught over the years and, and, and more recently. They've uh, made their name from spearfishing, but they also do um, game fishing for line fishermen as well. And they've got a whole range of tours. So, yeah, well, welcome to the show, Jager. How you doing, guys? Glad to be here. Yeah, good, mate. Uh, so it's round three. We've uh, stuffed your interview up twice, so <laughs> we're, we just, we'll apologise on air for that now. Yeah. No drama. So he's very generous joining us for the for the third time after he, some technical issues. mate. I, I wouldn't call you back. Um, but anyway, <laughs> all, right. all right. So, um, Jay, you haven't always been over in Fiji, mate. Where did, where did you start your spearfishing career? Um, now I started, grew up on the on the mid-north coast, New South Wales there, um, diving around Hathead, Southwest Rocks, Nambucca, all that that sort of region. It sort of got got me into the into the groove of things there. Chasing started out chasing brim and blackfish, I suppose, like a lot of people. Awesome. Yeah, they're tasty though. Small but they're tasty. Yeah, fish. F- flathead as well. Yeah, the odd flathead. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I am. Mate, yeah. you you killed a few breeders, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Back in the day. <laughs> So when you started out, Jager, did you have a mentor, or, or sort of how, how did you how did you go about getting started? Yeah, I did. So I dove with a with a few guys that, that stand out in my mind from the from the days I started. One Simon Ladder, um, really really good um, Jew fisherman. He's one of the only guys I think I've seen shoot a Jew fish out of a bathtub. <laughs> the guy finds them anywhere, and I looked up to him all through my starting out sort of time and. Um, Followed him around till I found my feet, and it, it went well. Yeah, excellent. And so, some of the stuff, the early lessons you learned down there, and the southern sort of part of New South Wales, have they transferred over well to the more um, tropical waters of Fiji? Well, they they have. They they definitely helped out to start with, um, just more so in the confidence building part of it over here. Going from 
you know, a metre vis in a dirty wash hole late afternoon with a two-metre southerly swell pushing you into a dewy hole <laughs> to crystal clear warm waters over here, you know. So it's, it was a big adjustment, but it definitely boosted the confidence level up over here once I got here. Oh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So what were your biggest hurdles, mate? Like, um, I think you started out like most of us short diving. So what, what are sort of a few of the hurdles that guys starting out can uh, expect to endure shore diving? <laughs> uh, shore diving, when I, when I first started out, probably, you know, being a little bit big for my boots, I think, was jumping in the deep end of wash holes and that. Like, I, I remember a couple of days um, when I'd knock off work, uh, I'd run out with Simon straight off the front of Crescent Ned and he's like, okay, let's go, we're going to go into this hole and that hole and my gosh, you know, don't overdo it. Those wash holes are very, very, very dangerous at times. You're in and out and upside down, and uh, it was quite overwhelming the first few times chasing those fish. Wow. So what sort of things do you have to worry about in a wash hole? Is it current? Obviously, you've got waves and sediment sort of crashing around you, so there's all sorts to worry about, I suppose. Oh, yeah, it's, there's a bit of everything there. The terrible visibility, you know, and waves crashing over you. You try not to jam your guns into rocks and shoot your buddy and <laughs> all at once, you know. Sounds it's completely opposite to like diving in Fiji. It's to try and find those fish in there. You lay as close as you can to the bottom, I think, cruising along the bottom and looking up for the silhouettes is about the best way that I've found to chase the, the old croakers. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, now, now it sounds like we're almost there. So what, could you share with us the story of the first memorable fish that you shot? Uh, would be. Would be a would be a mile away on that note. Um was a, another day after, just after work, shore dive from one of the headlands around Haddad. I was with a friend of mine, James. Uh, we walked down, down the, down the cliff face with our, I think it was a 120 Rob Allen and some plastic fins. And as, as you, as you do, chasing the blackfish around the hole and I could hear him, him cooey and underwater. And like it was probably, we're in about six meters of water in this wash hole, I think. And we both come up and I'm, what's going on? He's like, Oh, there's a big dewy laying there. I was like, oh. All right, let's go and have a look. So down, down we, down we both go, and sort of was the first decent one that either of us had seen, I think. And spears went flying at this poor fish everywhere. <laughs> I remember hitting it low in the stomach cavity, and I saw him hit it high in the tail, and then both spears come out, and we had no idea what was going on. We were a little bit beside ourselves after that experience, and you know, we carried on for a couple of minutes after that, and sort of went our separate ways and then I turn around and here's this big old Jewy laying in a hole sulking uh, under a rock just with his head sticking out. So I went down and finished him off and that was my first uh, real real nice Jewy, just under 25 kilo. Oh, wow. Nice. That's a that's a cracker fish. That's a good story to tell. And then we lugged him all the way up the hill and it was a, a proud moment to say the least. Sounded like a uh, Shrek and Turbo combo there. I'm normally the gut shot and... Uh, <laughs> Turbo would probably be guilty of a few tail shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, my worst one's when, you, when you've got a fish on and, you're, and a cod comes out of the hole and you're stringing it along that time, <laughs> and I just had that cod dead to rights. Like, it was oh, just yeah, gifted to me shot. on a platter, and I still missed it. That's just awesome. Um, hunting technique. What's your favourite hunting techniques while you're spearfishing, and how do you apply it successfully? Knowing the species that you're chasing is a big, big plus. Um, I think with with all species, knowing their movements and how they react to different noise and sound under the water. So if we're talking about a certain species, like um, you know, like a, a wahoo over here in this super clear water, 
a very, very slow approach to a wahoo, um, especially if they come in on the surface. One of the good techniques I usually use is an exhale dive. Yeah, nice. Um, with a real, real, real slowly sink down to either the fish's level or below it and then approach him from the bottom. And that, that works like a charm every time. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, if you can approach the wahoo from underneath, you'll never, never have a problem. <laughs> so just to um, – for, for guys that are new that, that have never even heard of exhale diving, so you're on the surface and you actually ex- – exhale enough air to become negatively buoyant so that you don't need to kick it all to get down to the level that you want to spear at is that right yeah that's right that's right use and using minimal weight so when we when we're chasing wahoo you really um you want to be free and able to move without too much sort of any any extra weight or more weight you need to be usually going to be neutral buoyant around 10 meters you want to be a bit shallower than that with the wahoo Right, I, I've never. I've, it's never come up before. I've never actually heard anyone talk about that technique. I've tried it in the pool doing laps on an exhale, and I hate it. Like, <laughs> honestly, it just hurts. <laughs> it's not, not the most comfortable to start with. Yeah, um, but it does work. It really does work for those for those fish. Like being super quiet on the surface, it does does make a difference. So I've talked to guys that come over and they're about to do a charter, and they want to do a bit of pool training before. Um, they, you know, most guys are responsible enough to be aware that they train in pairs. But is that sort of an activity you might recommend to guys if they are training in a pool to do a bit of exhale and maybe slowly kick out twenty five meters on a on a near empty set of lungs? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a, it's definitely a good way to train, and it's also like a good exercise even for your you know your normal breathe up dive, and it's a good exercise to keep that because you're stretching everything the other way. Um, it does help in the long run in both both styles of diving. I think it's a, it's a very good way to train. That was a great hunting technique. Um, so the exhale dive on the wahoo, um, and and sort of like you talked a bit about knowing the species you're chasing and, and using the appropriate technique for them. So the wahoo one sounds great. I'm looking forward to trying that out because I have never got a wahoo. All right, mate. Um, that's your, your hunting te- technique. What's the scariest moment that you've had out spearfishing, mate? Um, scariest I've had, um, I had a, a, a pretty close encounter with a sailfish that was caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Actually, I was on the camera, uh, filming a buddy of mine that shot one. It was actually a quite a nice one around 70 kilo. Oh. And, um, <laughs> it was underneath it filming for this silhouette shot that I wanted to get, um, in a bit of video footage and, Using the camera that I was using, I wasn't familiar with the big fish eye lens on it, and swimming underneath the flank of the fish, come towards the the pointy end. Um, didn't realise the distance between the fish and I, and I saw the fish. The fish saw me. It spooked and lunged, and it actually got me in the forehead and took my mask off and my hood off, went through my suit and stuck in my wetsuit for a couple of seconds, and um, and eventually jumped there, jumped itself off. But it, um, that was a pretty scary moment. Wow. That was, I, was, I was very lucky there. And it, and it shows you like, it's not like you were, it's not like a, a really deliberate sort of um, oversight. It's just something that can happen out spearfishing. So, wow, that, 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 that would be pretty scary. So, I shot, shot and swam with a lot of, a lot of sailfish, a lot of billfish. And um, it's just got, it caught me off guard a little bit. And, the, the shock, the shock of each other, I think, and it just done one, one kick in the wrong direction, and boom! Oops, which <laughs> is on our Facebook page for that one. All right, so listeners can check that out on Facebook. Mate, was that on an exhale? Was it? Was that on an exhale <laughs> dive? 
<laughs> that, that wasn't on an Excel. Oh, mate, you're lucky. <laughs> there was a whole lot of bubbles blown after that. <laughs> yeah, there were. Maybe a bit of poo in the suit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. So, um, veterans' fault, Pirate Pete, where are you? It's time to open the veterans' vault. Today's Veterans Vault is proudly brought to you in partnership with Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. Spearfishing.com.au has a huge range of equipment from the latest in spear gun technology to the odds and ends that you need like bungees, booties and budgie smugglers. Head to spearfishing.com.au to read good honest reviews and take advantage of $15 Australia-wide flat shipping and a no-hassles return policy. So this is the part of the show where we ask our special guests to take us deep into an area of spearfishing expertise that um, they would like to share about. So we call it the Veterans Vault. Um, we wanted to talk with you about charters and preparing for charters, all the things that make a good charter and um, sort of you know everything around around that since you work for one. Obviously, it's a, it's a big trip for a lot of people, so... Uh, a lot of preparation goes into it from from both sides. Obviously, the client and ours. Uh, being our our sort of input, I like to base a lot of our charters on moon phases, and then give the guests the option of what time of year, what they want to chase, um, and always try and book them. You know, at least two months in advance to get that train and get the gear organised. Stay in contact with me. I stay in contact with the guys just to get a feel for what's going on. At the time and gear wise, a lot of people have a lot of questions. It's new for them, so cool. So we talked a little bit last time we interviewed you about what what what, what amount of equipment do you sort of advise guys to bring. Um, I mean, obviously it's different depending on what they want to chase. And I think you mentioned there's a couple of different arrangements you have with your charters. You have half day trips, full day trips, and then you do extended. Um, trips out on a liverboard so i mean obviously it's different for every sort of thing but so you, you have fairly extensive communication with the guys that come on board for charters yeah always we always communicate with them well prior to the trips especially on the overnight ones um the day-to-day trips it's kind of hard we get a, a few guys that come you know they're they're on holidays they bring their own gear they don't need the uh, sorry they can bring their own gear or if they want to travel lightly they're with family and stuff we've got all the gear um, anybody needs to do a day spear fishing, all quality rail guns and stuff like that. As for the the liverboard stuff, being such a a big trip, um, you want to be well prepped and have been being as comfortable as you can. You know, so I do try and push the guys to bring their own, you know, wetsuit, fins, mask, everything that they're comfortable in, um, just so there's no like, oh, the fins are giving me blisters, or oh, the wetsuit doesn't fit right. You know. That's the, the usual stuff that you would think on, you know, if you're going on a good dive trip, you want all your own gear, same as over here. You may only get one or two shots at that, you know, one fish that you really want, so you want to make it count. Yeah. Don't worry, mate. I, uh, I I had this issue on the weekend. I got in the water and I had a rubber snap on my 1.2, and on my yeah. second dive, probably oh, a 25 to 30 kilo Kobe swam up to me, and I just went... Yeah, I'm all right. I've got a 16 mil, yeah. 16 mil rubber, and I just wasn't up to the task, mate. But uh, I didn't injure the fish, so I was all right. But uh, definitely yeah. lost a fish due to poor gear prep. So what about uh, I'm coming over to Fiji and I want to shoot uh, a big dog tooth tuna, mate, and I want to bring my own gear. What sort of gun should I? W- would you recommend for the job? Personally, my favourite gun for the dog tooth. Um, I use a an Amro 130, or for the real big boys, I've got a uh, a Rife Metal Tech 
a 1.5 with wings on it with an 8 mil straight shaft. And that that seems to take them take them down no problems. I've I've had steered away from the slip tips uh, over here just because of the terrain that we're fishing in. There are a lot of ledges and overhangs, uh, and the slip tips. Unless you get that perfect shot through a the meaty part of the body, like through the shoulder, or somewhere really thick, they just cut themselves in half, get it off, you know. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So a um a good straight shaft in the tail, in between the two anal pins. Seems to slow them up really good. All right, eh? Wow. And, and what's your float and, and, and line setup? Good question. Float and wing lines. My personal favourite one is just a single rife atmosphere float with a three to one stretch bungee, maybe a 15 foot three to one stretch bungee, then a 35 metre hard line. It's a pretty hard rig, not a lot of give in it, but as I say earlier, that's, we try and keep them out from under those ledges and mm. with the sharks, get them up, get them away as quick as you can. With with the with the coaching that you give these guys for dog tooth, I mean it's a it's a notoriously sort of um, sought after fish and for experienced spearers. What's your sort of? Um, I know a lot of people lose dog tooth to sharks. With the with the training and the systems that you use over there, how how often do you lose them to sharks and 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 maybe or breaking off or busting off? Well, you on the on most trips the the first couple of days you seem to lose a lot. Um, I think it's more to impatience of the divers as well it's it's very important like they're a fish they're a shy fish they don't handle pressure well okay um, and we've noticed all on a lot of the times you'll see fish and they'll be in one on one pressure point they'll be in one spot there's there's no need to hammer hammer them and and you know everybody's trying to get a shot you dive with those fish for two days they're not going anywhere and they'll get more and more comfortable wait for the shot wait for the shot wait for the shot and then you get a perfect shot and roll the fish you know that's Okay, cool. That's the best way to do them. They're, they're a very spooky fish once you start killing them and the sharks are in there amongst them. But if you treat them, if you swim with them and just be calm and collected, we don't try and throw spears left, right and centre, they will they will come up and play and you can get a good kill shot on them most of the time. I had another quick question. Sorry, I know you got yeah. something, Turbo. Um, what, what, what are some of the uh, most common issues that the guys that, come over on charters that um, sort of experience? Probably the most common issue that guys have with, um, with with actually shooting and landing fish is just the clarity of the water. I think it, it puts a lot of people on a bum steer. Like it's, you know, most days you're diving 35 to 40 metres, sometimes more. Um, and dog tooth and mackerel, anything that's up against the reef, it's a little easier to gauge the distance. But a, like a wahoo or a sailfish, there's really nothing to gauge a distance. Mm-hmm. And I've seen guys with absolute cannons come over these big six, ten rubber guns and still fall short on fish just because they're not close enough. You know, the, the visibility and being close enough to fish is a real knack to get hold of. Yeah. What I try and teach guests, you know, when you, you're close enough to see the eye fleck, the eye move, make the eye out, make the eyeball, follow the eyeball, get closer again, then have a shot. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> That's good advice, though. Mate, um, the, con- the conditions there in Fiji, um, in terms of uh, water temperature in summer and winter, what can we expect and what sort of wetsuit should we be taking over there for a day's diving out with you guys? So in the in the winter time, um, I, I tend to get a little cold in the winter. The, the water temps are around 23 to 24 and a half during the winter um it's still quite warm but when we are drifting around on the edges for wahoo you're obviously just laying there 
using your burly flashes. You're not doing a whole lot of swimming, and and you get a little cold. So I do recommend the guys bring a three mil if they're from like down in the south, Melbourne, somewhere like that. It's a bit colder, but if they're from the tropics, they'll probably feel cold after a while. So I do tell the guys to bring a five mil. Um, I wear a five mil in the winter time. <laughs> Very different story in the summer. In tropical yeah. Fiji, yeah. five mil. Yeah. Um, at the moment, the water's quite warm. We're looking at around 26 and a half, 27 uh, at the moment, and it's quite comfortable to swim in board shorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. That'd be awesome. I love I love boardies in a rash top. There's nothing better. Free yeah. and easy. So, yeah, during, the, during the summer months, a, th- a three mil top is, is more than enough. Yeah. Uh, so just for the loading pattern stuff like that. So I was reading on the website, Freedive Fiji, it says you've got a fully licensed 30-foot sea swell with Raymarine GPS fish finder. Sounds like you rotate through quite a a large area so you're not um, overfishing in any of the areas because I think you mentioned last time that 50% or maybe slightly more of your business now is from game fishermen. Is that right? Yeah, we do a lot of of game fishing trips also um, to the outer islands. So it says certified captain, instructor and deckhand. How many years have you guys been in operation over there? Um, it's my 11th year now here. Uh, it'll be 11 years in February. Uh, we've been running the charters for almost six um, with me. I was diving here from day dot. Fell in love with the place straight away, you know. So it's a lot of local knowledge between all of us. My captains are really good guys too. Been around. They're from the outer islands, so they're really, really knowledgeable guys on the water. Mate, um, Shrek's a bit too embarrassed to ask this, but what are the range of home-baked pastries that you've got written on your website? I get so many comments on the pastries. Like, we're coming back for the pastries. Forget the spearfishing, we're coming back for the pastries. That's what I was thinking. I was looking at the ad, I was like, yeah, I might shoot a fish, but look, they've got home-baked pastries. (laughs) world famous. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome. And... uh, it says on your website too that beginners are welcome, no certification required. So obviously you you've been spearfishing for a long time. Do you do you sort of you know tailor trips based on sort of the levels of expertise you've got? Definitely do. We definitely do. Like we get a lot of beginners. Um, obviously more the day trippers style type of stuff. Like a beginner is not going to come and do ten days spearfishing. But the the day trips, um, I've actually had guys that haven't have never shot a spear gun before shoot wahoo on their first dive. Yeah, wow. wow. Neither of us have shot Wahoo or Dog too, so we're going to yeah. pay you a visit, I think, um, next year, depending on how budgeting it's, goes. It's coming out of the Noobs Bureau budget, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, so we might be there in 10 years or 11 <laughs> years or something. Very good, all right. So, Jager, uh, change gears a bit. What's the funniest thing you've experienced out spearfishing? Funniest thing? <laughs> we had a friend of mine's Bucks party. These guys have been uh, four years in a row now. They come over and do an eight-day trip, <laughs> and uh, it was it was one of the guys' bucks party on the trip, and we we all thought it was a a fun joke. They were going to play a joke on him, and instead of towing rice floats around the whole trip, the the guys decided to bring over a sex doll from from Sydney, and, and as he was getting in the water on his first dive for the morning, the you know the GoPros are everywhere, and the, say say hi to me wife for me and. <laughs> These guys are swimming around with a sex doll on their rig lines, trying to land dog tooth tuna on it. <laughs> like, needless to say, they didn't land any. But oh, that's excellent. A lot, lot, lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it was. I'd love to see that video. Is that out on YouTube? Uh, it sex is. It's on our, on our Facebook page also. There's a there's a clip of their trip. Um, they shot a lot of fun fish. Had a great time. They were a really good bunch of guys. Sex doll spearfishing. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. 
All right, uh, it's time for Pedro and the Fast Five Facts. See, it's time for Noob Spiro's Fast Five Facts. Ay, ay, ay. So, Jago, this is uh, where you give us your top five facts or pieces of advice for a, a Spiro just starting out. Uh, my probably number one fact would be um, that fish sense. Study study your fish. Um, pick one fish to target. Learn that fish. Learn the fish's movements, its habitat, um, and, and target it. Give yourself goals. Good one. Um, get involved. Get involved with clubs, rec clubs, and other stuff like that to to meet other guys, broaden your horizon a little bit. Um, there's never too much knowledge about it. You're always learning. Yep. Number three. Uh, the buddy system. Yep. Yep. Stick with the buddy. Very very important. Stick with the buddy. Good advice. Number four. Be persistent. Be persistent. Be persistent. It can get frustrating. <laughs> yeah, for sure, especially starting out. Stay at it. Number five, mate. Listen to the guys. Like, hang on, try and try and put yourself around guys with with more experience. Stick with the guys that know what they're doing, and 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 don't be scared to push yourself. Don't be scared to jump in there with the guys that are better. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, advice. nice. That's how you learn for that, sure. I'll tell you, get better for sure. Don't be scared to hang with the big boys. Yeah, that's right. All right, I'll I'll read them back to you. So we got. Number one, fish sense. Study a fish, pick one, and target it. Develop some sort of goals around it, and um, and, and just sort of own that space for a little while. I think you were sort of getting that. Uh, number two, clubs. Join a club or a group, and hang around some experienced guys that'll and, and keep that learning mindset. Number three was buddy system. Stay with your buddy. Get some good behaviours going with you and your mate. Uh, number four, be persistent. Stay at it. And I, I think that resonates with me pretty powerfully. Uh, number five, listen to experienced guys and don't be scared to hang with the big boys. Love it. Um, number four, the, the be persistent, stay at it. Um, when you started out, obviously, dirty water, um, chasing the blackfish. Um, I think a lot of us sort of start out like that, don't we, in the, in the dirty water? Some of the guys look on Facebook and we, we had a few guests sort of comment on similar stuff about, you know, they want to start chasing the, the big sort of fish that everyone wants and you've got to start somewhere and, and enjoy it oh, that's right you, you find the love for it catching dinner you really do for sure absolutely mate all right uh, moving on to our next question crucial kit for noobs what is one crucial piece of kit and what advice do you have about that piece of kit or just maybe making homemade pastries <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're adding some secret spice <laughs> Um, crucial piece of equipment I can never find a perfect mask okay a a comfortable mask a low volume mask Um, it's got to be my most crucial piece of equipment that I carry you know whether it's you know you can adjust the gun to do whatever you want to do with it and same with the suit but I think the mask for me is is my most important piece of equipment okay have to be comfortable with that mask so what's your technique for finding a good mask i mean you're in isolation over there too i'd imagine there's not too many spearfishing stores there's there's none uh there's none i've and arrowed a lot yeah um i've actually stuck with a cressy i think it's a nano at the moment yeah uh, which is it's been really well i stuck with it for a couple of weeks and wasn't very happy with it but I, i stuck it out and it's it's come 
come good for me. I uh, love volume mask, great mask. Okay, cool. I've tried a few mm. um, expensive ones. We, we've ordered a few. Uh, Turbo and I have both been through a few masks. Yeah. For me, the Pro Blue or the like, the, the cheap land and sea type mm. models, the 40, <laughs> 40 buck jobs, they're yeah. the best. Do the, do the job. Yeah, uh, you just got to get past uh, getting it de- defogged. Like, give it the lighter treatment. Um, you know, bit of antifog, toothpaste, whatever. Shampoo in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's actually killing me. We've got a pretty expensive mask at the moment, and I'm not happy with it at all. Like, as soon as I change facial expression or anything, it will just yeah. flood, and I cannot stand the bloody thing. And I, I had a mask for five years. It was uh, an old Spora sub one, and um, that thing didn't leak in five years, and then eventually it had like a little clip yeah, on the side and, and it broke, and it was yeah. just oh. then it was stuffed, and it devastating, <laughs> devastating. <laughs> this is a little bit out of, out of the ordinary, Jacob. But <laughs> could you give me a rundown of of the kit you use on a on a dive dat right at the moment? Well, this this time of the year, we're out chasing mainly where we're chasing mainly dog tooth, yellowfin, and mahi. Okay. Um, hot water. Yep. So, again, back down to just a three mil top, uh, single three pound weight, my favorite mask. Yeah. And usually, just uh, at the moment, until I see you know any real threat for a big gun, I swim around with a 140 uh, rail gun with a reel on it, and that, that lands me anything that I want to get to around here um, without seeing a big tuna or a big yellowfin. All the mahi you want to shoot with that, mackerel, plenty. Cool. And what, what brand of spear gun is that? Uh, it's an Amro from Hawaii. Yeah, cool. You talked about that last time we interviewed. I just wanted to run through the name again. So they're based in Hawaii, and they make uh, alloy uh, railguns. They make alloy and timber ones. Okay. The, the timber, it's a fully enclosed track timber one, but the one that I use. Um, love the gun. Dead accurate. You can beef it up with four sixteens or a single twenty. It still shoots the eye out of a garfish. It's a great gun. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, what about your uh, reel? What reel are you using on that? Um, it's a bit of a homemade job, actually. It's a oh, no worries. Half, half I'm a base and a Rabitech reel with a couple of nuts and bolts. There, it's a real Fiji special, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kel, what, what, fins and, uh, what fins are you wearing? Um, good old Ray Powers Divars. All right, cool. Run a pair of his fins. I can't express how comfortable they are. They're excellent. They're really good. Great, great pair of blades. Mari's foot pocket? Um, I have a Stingray foot pocket. Yep, I'm a Stingray foot pocket. They're, they're a comfy one too. I I were running the Millennium foot pockets, but I actually got wrapped up in a, in a big yellow fin that we shot in the shooting line and it ripped my fin off. And <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that one sunk to 2,000 metres of water. <laughs> oh, I needed some new pockets. Oh, but the Stingrays are doing the job for you? Stingrays are a great pocket. Yeah, really comfortable, very flexible. Cool. So what what would you like our listeners to do after listening to the impressive exploits of Freedive Fiji and Jager Crossingham? If you can see anybody that's interested in coming over for a dive, please do. Don't hesitate to get uh, in contact with myself or my wife or any of the guys over here that are working. Um, you can get hold of us, Facebook emails, uh, charters at freedivefiji.com, any of our Facebook page, contact numbers are all on our website. We'll link all that up in your um, show notes page, So um, people and, and a few of the videos and photos you've mentioned, I think, along the way. Yep. 
you can. It's a pretty live Facebook page uh, and the Instagram account. There's always pictures of fish and what's happening over here, weather-wise and stuff. Yeah, awesome. If anybody's in doubt, wants to see what's going on, they can always check that out. Mate, if anyone's uh, and we did this last time, if anyone's sort of um, umming and ahhing and they're on the fence, let's just go. I just want to ask a few questions, and I think this will sell anybody on it. All right, um, Jacob, what's the biggest wahoo you've shot in Fiji? <laughs> this is fun. My the, my biggest one was forty six kilo. <laughs> <laughs> um, seen yep. them, seen them in excess of sixty. Yeah, seen some real monsters. Well, what's your what's your biggest mackerel in Fiji? Uh, they don't call them mackerel though; they call, call them tengeri. Oh, no, walu. Oh, walu. walu That's yeah, right. Walu. Uh, the biggest mackerel I've involved with was uh, around one hundred and four pound. So um, fifty kilo. About, about forty eight. Wow. Yeah, forty eight kilo. Uh, the biggest we've shot is not real big, only around 13, 13 kilo. Yeah, that's a very common size, but they're, I mean, they're, that's the common size. They don't get much less than 10, they don't get much bigger than 18. And dog tooth. <laughs> uh, just my personal, I just shot my personal, uh, my personal best only about a month ago, actually, after many, many attempts. Yeah, uh, around seventy-four kilo. That's my <laughs> oh, bad fish, man. That's a punishing fish. That'll take you for a ride. You guys have pulled them down over eighty. Oh wow! We've gone through the list. I'm, I'm frothing. Uh, well done, yeah. Turbo. Good question. Uh, yellowfin, just to top Yellow. it off. Haven't broke the hundred kilo mark. Oh, that's oh, terrible, geez, mate. I'm not going. Uh, nah. I was thinking about it. I was <laughs> can, I was... <laughs> what was it? How big? Hundred kilo. We're very close. Ninety-six is the biggest one we've got. Oh, oh, that's awesome, man. Jeez. All right. Maybe, yeah. It's been really, really good talking to you, um, Jager. Have you got a passing, parting piece of guidance for, um, for for guys starting out particularly? A uh, piece of advice for starting out. It's never too late. It's never too early. Get into it. <laughs> Love like it. it. All right. Thanks, Jager, for joining us tonight. Um, third time lucky. Uh, it was really good to have you on the show. Yeah, no worries, guys. <laughs> and... Um, our audience would have got a ton out of that show. So, um, yeah, come and check out Jager's show notes at newspiro.com. Oh, good. Thanks, Jager. Thanks for talking to us, man. No worries, guys. Take it easy. Shrek, why don't you tell our listeners how they can save some money on spearfishing gear? Well, Adreno have partnered up with New Spiro to offer listeners $20 off all purchases over 200 bucks. And how do they take advantage of this deal, mate? Uh, listeners can use the code NoobSpiro at checkout online at spearfishing.com.au or they can use it in-store at the Brisbane or Sydney stores. Excellent. And that code is NoobSpiro. That's right, NoobSpiro. Thanks for listening to today's show. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. To learn more about becoming a better Spiro, visit us at noobspiro.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Turbo, why would listeners want to subscribe to the Noob Spiro newsletter? Well, Shrek, if they subscribe to our newsletter, we will send them the Noob Spiro guide to getting started, which includes the dive day equipment checklist. Not only that, you get the top 10 tips for becoming a better Spiro from the world's best and more. Can you give us an example of one of those tips? Get a mentor. That's one that pops up a lot. Ah, nice. Like I was to you. (laughs) I'm in.